Hey everybody, it's uh, Friday night, Minipod, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne, of course, right? It's Friday, and uh, I hope those of you that don't have to work this weekend um, will get to do something fun or relaxing for a change. Um, Of course, for some people, relaxing can be fun, but uh, like me, for instance, but uh, maybe while you're relaxing, if, if you decide to go that route instead of going out and uh, bar hopping or movie hopping or whatever it is that you do, that you'll uh, just kick back and listen to some of those episodes of Trice Talk or Minipod that you haven't been able to get to yet. Sounds like a plan to me. But um, it's I know it's been a long week and there's been so many things going on in the news and if you've listened to uh, Trice Talk or the Minipod series that I've been doing this week, uh, you can tell that I've been worked up about a lot of things. In fact, I, I was worked up about some stuff that I started to do tonight, and then I decided I'm not going to do that. I thought maybe, you know, for a Friday night show, I'd try to do something, well... I won't say it's positive, but it's 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 something that I, I think is is worthy of sharing, and it's not quite um, presented with the uh, frustration that I may have uh, injected into some of my commentary this past week. But um, so uh, this particular article that I'm going to share with you tonight is by uh, Victor Davis Hansen. And if any of you, you know, frequent watchers of Fox News, uh, Victor Davis Hansen, or some people call him VDH. (laughs) Hmm. Okay, I don't know if I would use those initials or not. But um, you've probably seen him on Tucker Carlson if you watch Tucker or he's on Sean Hannity a lot and Laura Ingram's show as well. And I have seen him on some of the daytime shows. So, uh, if he's getting a little bit of a uh, little, uh, payola for some of those, uh, <laughs> some of those, um, appearances on these different shows. I mean, the guy's probably raking in some money, but he's got a good day job anyway. So he probably doesn't need all that money he gets from being on the different Fox shows. I will admit, uh, of all the people that I listen to that uh, give commentaries on Fox or, or that are interviewed on Fox about different subjects, uh, he has a tendency to use some words in his deliveries that give me the urge to, to grab my dictionary and look up some of the meanings of, the, of the, some of the words that he uses. Uh, he has a very um, challenging vocabulary sometimes uh, for those of us who uh, don't understand some of the bigger words. (laughs) But um, I think if you look at the context that he's giving them, sometimes you just, okay, I think this is what that means. But other than that, he's right on with his assessment of the garbage that's being shoveled out by, you know, liberals in, in this country today. So, Anyway, I found this commentary on the Epic Times, which you all know that that is one of 
one of my go-to publications that I use for material for the shows. And I think it's interesting. Um, and that's the only one I'm going to do tonight, like I said, because it's been such a long week and I've run over uh, my time allowances several times this week, uh, both on the Trice Talk and uh, for uh, the mini pods. So I'm going to just do this one and then I'm going to make a few comments and then I'm going to ease out of here tonight and give you a break since it's Friday. Uh, you probably... Uh, have something you want to do other than listen to a mini pod. All right. Let me switch over. Oh, I guess I still got my little music playing in the background. Let me switch over to the article and it's titled the democratic party. Democratic party won't admit it's become the party of wealth. And this, uh, he wrote this, or it's published on July the 15th, just a couple of days ago. And it is his commentary, so um, you'll have to do your own fact-checking if you would like. And I'll try to get through this thing without <laughs> uh, messing up some of the more challenging words, but I'm not making any promises. If you listen to me often enough, you know, I, I have a uh, propensity for hacking up some of these, some of these words as I go through, especially people's names, right? You know, um, I, I still want some kind of uh, source that I can go to that shows you the proper pronunciation of a lot of these names that show up in, in public uh, articles and so forth. Anyway, Victor Davis Hansen says, how often during the last year of wokeness have middle and lower class Americans listened to multimillionaires of all races and genders lecture them on their various pathologies and oppressions? University presidents with multi-million dollar salaries virtue signal on the cheap, their own sort of unearned white privilege. Meghan Markle and the Obamas from their plush estates indict Americans for their biases. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Khan Colors Brignac, gee, did they add that last name in there? Hmm. Decries the oppressive victimization she and others have suffered from one of her four recently acquired homes. Do we need another performance art sermon on America's innate unfairness from billionaires, a billionaire entertainer such as Beyonce, Jay-Z, or Oprah Winfrey, or from the multimillionaire Delta Coca-Cola CEOs? During the 1980s culture war, the left's mantra was race, class, and gender. Occasionally, we still hear of that trifecta, but the class part has increasingly disappeared. The neglect of class is ironic, given that a number of recent studies conclude class differences are widening as ever before. As never before, I'm sorry. 
I need new glasses. I'm, what can I say? Middle-class incomes among all races have stagnated, and family net worth has declined. Far greater percentages of rising incomes go to the already rich. Student debt, mostly a phenomenon of the middle and lower classes, has hit $1.7 trillion. States such as California have... uh, Well, bifurcated, jeez, bifurcated, maybe it's bifurcated. There you go. Sounds better, doesn't it? Into medieval-style societies, California's progressive coastal elites boast some of the highest incomes in the nation. But in the more conservative north and central interior, nearly a third of the population lives below the poverty line explaining why one of every three American welfare recipients lives in California. California's heating, cooling, gasoline, and housing costs are the highest in the continental United States. Most of these spiraling costs are attributable to policies embraced by an upper-class elite in Silicon Valley, Hollywood, and Marquee Universities, whose incomes shield them from the uh, deleterious consequences of their utopian bromides. The poor and middle classes have no such insulation. So why are we not talking about class? First, we are watching historic uh, changes in political alignment. The two parties are switching class constituents. Some 65% of the Americans making more than $500,000 a year are Democrats. And 74% of those who earn less than $100,000 a year are Republicans. And this is according to IRS statistics. Gone are the days of working people automatically voting Democrat or Republicans being caricatured as a party of stockholders on golf courses. By 2018, Democrat representatives were in control of all 20 of the wealthiest congressional districts in this country. In the recent presidential primaries and general election, 17 of the 20 wealthiest zip codes gave more money to Democrat candidates than Republicans. Increasingly, the Democrats are a bicoastal party of elites from corporate America, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, the media, universities, entertainment, and professional sports. Yes, let's not forget about them. All have made out like bandits from globalization. Democrats have lost much of their support from working-class whites, especially in the interior of the country, but they are also fast-forfeiting the Hispanic middle class and beginning to lose solidarity among middle-class African Americans. The Democrat Party does not wish to admit it has become the party of wealth. All too often, it is its stale, revolutionary, speechifying sounds more like penance arising from guilt rather than genuine advocacy 
for middle-class citizens of all races. The wealthiest leftist elite have mastered the rhetoric of ridicule for the lower middle classes, especially struggling whites. Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden wrote off their political opponents as supposedly crude, superstitious, and racist, smearing them as clingers, deplorables, irredeemables, and chumps. Class is fluid. Race is immutable. So by fixating on race, the left believes that they can divide America into permanent victimizers and victims. At a time when race and class are increasingly disconnecting, the wealth of all races are the loudest voices of the woke movement. Their frequent assumptions of victimhood are absurd. Americans who struggle to pay soaring gas, food, energy, and housing prices are berated for their white privilege by an array of well-paid academics and media elite, as well as CEOs. Note that the woke military is the brand of admirals, generals, and retired top brass on corporate boards, not of the enlisted. It's multimillionaire CEOs who bark at the nation for their prejudices, not saleswomen or company truck drivers. America is a plutocracy, not a genocracy. Wealth, not race, is the factor most likely to ensure someone power, influence, and the good life. In the pre-civil rights past, race was often fused to class, and the two terms were logically used interchangeably to cite oppression and inequality. But such a canard is fossilized, and so are those who desperately cling to it. The more the elites scream their woke banalities, the more they seem to fear that they, not most Americans, are really the privileged, the coddled, and the pampered ones. And sometimes the victimizers. Views expressed in this article are the opinions of the author and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Epic Times. Okay. Got that in there. So, anyway, if you don't know Victor Davis Hanson, if you've not seen him on the myriad of Fox TV shows, um, I'll just give you a little bit, a, a little bio about him here. Victor Davis Hanson is a conservative commentator classicist, and military historian. He is a professor of classics, Demetrius, at California State University, a senior fellow in classics and military history at Stanford University, a fellow of Hillsdale College, and a distinguished fellow of the Center for American Greatness. Hansen has written 16 books, including The Western Way of War, Fields Without Dreams, and I believe the latest one, The Case for Trump. So obviously he's, he's a Trump supporter. So anyway, that is all I'm going to share with you tonight. Um, so 
I will, uh, let me switch back over here. <laughs> so uh, tomorrow night, I just want to let you know, I, because it's, it's been on TV a lot today, although I, I had to work today, actually get out and earn a little money. And I did not get to watch some of the shows that I typically watch during the day. But tonight has been a barrage of uh, clips from Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki, I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, President Biden talking about, um, you know, growing censorship on social media. And the White House is pushing this. Uh, they keep showing this clip of President Biden. Somebody must have asked him something about social media. You know, what is he has against them or what's the problem? And Biden says they're killing people. They're killing people. Really? The, the same social media that was in your pocket during the entire election process last year the same social media that uh, canceled anybody who talked, uh, tried to just, uh, you know, share articles about Hunter Biden or, or even uh, Joe Biden, basically anything about anybody on the left, any liberal, uh, they found ways to ban people from being able to post those things as misinformation. So the White House is now having to go to these people and say, you need to do more. You need to do more censorship. So I'm going to talk about that tomorrow night because that really would have gotten me fired up tonight. I just wanted to do something a little bit more mellow for a change. Uh, but I will be, that'll be the subject matter for tomorrow night. Uh, it's a mini pod, so it will not be long unless, uh, unless I find uh, several articles that I need to share. So the closing thought for tonight is, and you know, Ronald Reagan is one of my favorite ones to pull quotes from. This is another one of his. It says, we must reject the idea that every time a law is broken, society is guilty rather than the lawbreaker. It is time to restore the American precept that each individual is accountable for his actions. And that was by Ronald Reagan. Now that was, you know, 30 years ago. Well, not quite 30 years ago yet. And I don't remember that being such a problem back then about society being blamed for everything that was wrong with what people were doing. But it sure has kicked in in the last several years in this country. And now, you know, people who break the law and uh, don't follow the law, it's not their problem. It's not their fault. It's society's fault. And more exactly, white supremacist fault, the racist fault in this country. They are responsible for everything that's going wrong today, right? Okay. So I hope everybody has a great Friday night. And 
a wonderful weekend. Hopefully you will uh, join me again tomorrow night or listen to, I should say, join me. I guess you can't really join me, can you? I hope you will listen to tomorrow night's mini pod. And then hopefully with a little bit of luck, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Dennis Lee will be back with me on Sunday night. And we'll try to catch up with him. And uh, maybe I'll just put my feet up on the desk and let him do all the talking Sunday night. Nah, I probably won't. (laughs) Have a great Saturday, everybody. And um, stay safe. Oh